Oh yes! You already know what time it is! Then it's gonna be quick. I know you made up in the jail before. Suck my dick and all the motherfuckers you run with get done with. Done quick. How the fuck you going post the dog or some bum shit? I they go to gun click. Now I'm one one shit all over some dumb shit. Ain't that some shit? And niggas remind me of a strip club. Cause every time you come around, it's like what? I just gotta get my dick sucked. And I don't know who the fuck you think you talking to, but I'm not him. I explain to watch what you do. No, we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. Yes, sir. Back like Jordan wearing the faux five. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 19 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I am your host. My name is Denzel. I want to first start out by saying thank you to everyone for tuning in, for liking, for subscribing, for sharing, for supporting. I want to say thank you to the essential workers out here in the midst of all this shit that's going on when the country is upside down. Y'all haven't missed a day providing your goods and services. And I want to say thank you to all the people out there using their voices out in these streets protesting on platforms like this one, on your social medias, um, starting blogs, starting petitions, getting your making sure your voice is heard out here in these streets at a time where it is really important that our voices are heard i want to say thank you to everyone doing that and um i'm truly proud to be a part of this movement and my and and the way that i have been just on this platform and with my social media um but i'm just proud to see so many people energized and activated and motivated and literally out here making shit happen so Thank you to everyone for doing that. Today's intro was Up In Here by DMX off of the album. And then there was X. I love DMX. I love DM fucking X. The Bronx Bias podcast fully supports DMX Earl Simmons. We love you here. You're a legend in my book. You're an icon in my book. You're a pioneer in my book. He is definitely on my concert bucket list. Shout out to DMX. I love DMX. Shout out to Swiss Beats for that crazy ass beat. DMX is the man. DMX is the fucking man. There's no question about it. If you don't like DMX, then we and you have to have a talk about what uh, what is good music because there's no way you can't get energized, hyped up, and in your bag off some DMX. So... With all that being said, we're going to have a great, 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 great show today. It is fully packed today. I am in a very, very, very good mood. A fantastic, fantastic, fantastic mood. Let's go. So as you know, we start every show with my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the pod, Bronx Backs. <laughs> For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, 
Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, the borough that I love um, that people may not have people that people may not know that people may not have heard before um, just to show how many great things, people and ideas come from the Bronx, New York. So your Bronx fact for today is Bronx Works is a human service organization founded in 1972, created to help individuals and families improve their economic and social well-being. From toddlers to seniors, they feed, shelter, teach, and support our neighbors to build a stronger community. Bronx Works has made a difference in the lives of over 50,000 Bronx residents in this past year. Bronx Works strives for the highest ethical and performance standards and is guided by the belief that people are to be treated with dignity and respect regardless of their present situation or past experiences. That is your Bronx Fact for episode number 19. So we're getting right to the shits. Our top topic this week I'm calling the people versus the police. So with the uh, tragedies of George Floyd, with the tragedies of Breonna Taylor, um, of Ahmaud Arbery um, in recent, and of course the tragedies of all these other people who have perished on the, at the hands of the police, there's been a growing groundswell into what happens next. What do we do now in terms of policing? How do we figure out how to effectively address this problem? And one of the biggest, um, I guess, ideas to gain a lot of support is defunding the police. So, of course, I was like, well, I don't know much about it. I want to do my research. I want to bring this research to the platform just to inform the people um, about what it is and give you guys whether I agree with it or how I align with it. And we'll go from there. So what does it mean to defund the police? This is according to USA Today. In one sense, the movement to defund police is quite simple. It means taking funding away from police forces across the country. In many cases, a city or county's legislators allocate money in yearly budgets to fund police departments. Defunding the police is just that literal. The larger push to defund police is about more than taking money away. It is the push to reallocate those funds into social programs. It's not about taking money away from police. It's about reinvesting those dollars into black communities, communities that have been deeply divested from, communities that have some never felt the impact of having true resources. And we have to reconsider what we are resourcing i've been saying we have an economy an economy of punishment over an economy of care said patrice colors a co-founder of the black lives matter movement so defunding the police obviously means take their money away or give less money to them and reinvest it into our schools, into our housing, into our um, overall infrastructure, our roads, our schools, our bridges, things where our tax dollars should really be going. Um, and that's an, And that is an idea that I can get behind. 
I can 100% get behind that idea of defunding the police because in many scenarios or no, not in many scenarios, in most scenarios, police are just generally uh, poor public servants in that they cannot use basic logic and skill. They cannot defuse situations and they cannot use common sense to get to the bottom of problems. They are shoot first ask questions last and unfortunately that is not what police should be doing that is not what they're trained to do they're not trained to shoot first ask questions last they're trained to ask questions first violence should always be last so if the idea is taking money away from police i'm with it i'm with it i'm with it especially if we invest it into Communities that have literally no funds going to it, you know what I'm saying, and to, uh, or investing it into welfare, investing it into social services, investing it into food stamps, investing it into public health programs, investing it into health care, investing it, like, there's so many different places that you can invest money to that you can see change than just a police department. I 100% agree with that. But, of course... Police officers are not happy. And, you know, when uh, I, I always say that black people are the strongest people in the world. And I firmly believe it. I firmly, firmly believe it. Because once we start treating another group of people like black people have been treated, oh, they can't handle it. They cannot handle it. So I want to bring to your attention the New York police union head. His name is Mike O'Meara. In a police con- uh, police uh, union press conference, Mike O'Meara accused media and legislators of vilifying police officers, um, saying things like they've abandoned us, they're treating us like animals, um, that and that they're uh, they're always they're only highlighting the infractions of police officers and not looking at how many times police officers do their job correctly. So I'm going to play you this clip. This is from Mike O'Meara. I want you to remember his name. And um, he is the head of the police union in New York. This isn't stained by someone in Minneapolis. It's still got a shine on it. And so do theirs. So do theirs. Stop treating us like animals and thugs. And start treating us with some respect. That's what we're here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Trying to make us embarrassed of our profession. 375 million interactions. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive. Nobody talks about all the police officers that were killed in the last week in the United States of America. And there were a number of them. We don't condone Minneapolis. We roundly reject what he did as disgusting. It's disgusting. It's not what we do. It's not what police officers do. Our legislators abandoned us. The press is vilifying us. Well, you know what, guys? I'm proud to be a cop. And I'm going to continue to be proud to be a cop until the day I retire. Oh, boo fucking who, Mike O'Meara. Honestly, boo-hoo. Like, you see what it 
feels like to be a black person for 10 minutes and you're already unraveling at the scenes. The media, public figures, legislators are vilifying you. Oh, well, take a walk in my shoes for a minute. Take a walk. It don't feel so good, huh? It don't feel so good when you go outside as a black person, a non-white person, you're accosted by white citizens who weaponize police. You're given the side eye. People have preconceived notions about you. People treat you like subhuman at times. Oh, you don't like it, huh? Oh, wow. It's funny how these things happen, huh? It's funny how the tides turn. Michael Mira puffed out his chest talking about stop treating us like animals and thugs. Well, listen, I can only treat you like how you behave. You don't want to be treated like an animal or a thug that don't act like one. Point blank. You are an animal and you are a thug because they've exhibited that behavior. This is not just in 2020. They've exhibited that behavior for years. This is not an isolated incident. Start treating us with more respect. Respect is earned, my G. Respect is earned. You want to talk about, oh, oh, police have also been killed too. Shut up. Shut up. Because you don't get it. I'm going to read you. This is over the last week. This is during his Michael Mira's nice little tirade. This is three incidences that happened in the last week you tell me if the police officers act like animals and thugs or if they're heroes you you let me know after i read this to you this is last week an encounter in buffalo last thursday in which two police officers shoved a 75 year old man to the ground and left him lying while blood poured out of his ears was troubling partly only because the original police account the account claimed, quote, that the man was injured when he tripped and fell. And if a video hadn't existed, the truth may have never come out. That is a widespread problem. In Philadelphia last week, the police said a man had pushed an officer off his bike. And but a video showed an officer striking a man with a baton in a suburb of Sacramento. A police officer punched a 14 year old boy multiple times while arresting him. The police officer's report did not mention punches. And in Minneapolis, the police's account of George Floyd death initially left out the most important details, like the knee pressed on his neck for almost nine minutes. Now, you tell me. You tell me, Mike O'Meara. That we're vilifying you unjustly. We're treating you unjustly. When you literally act like you can do whatever you want and shit is just supposed to be okay. How police officers just want to have all this immunity and don't even want to take responsibility for their actions. And when they get heat, now they're acting like they've been disenfranchised they act like they've been given the short end of the stick get the fuck out of here with that mike o'mara i challenge you to tell eric gardner's family to stop treating you like an animal or a thug or to, to show you some respect i challenge you to tell alton sterling's family that i challenge you to tell terence crutcher's family that i challenge you to tell tamir rice's family that Freddie Gray's family, Sandra Bland's family, Abner Weaver's family, Mike Brown's family, Sean Bell's family, Philando Castile's family, Amadou Diallo's family, Stephon Clark's family. 
Breonna Taylor's family, George Floyd's family. I, I challenge you to speak with that level of bravado, with that level of, of boisterousness to those families who literally had family members killed and you want respect. You want respect. You could speak so proudly about your little bullshit badge. Meanwhile, bodies is in the ground. Meanwhile, how police brutalize peaceful protesters. But you want respect. You don't want to be treated like a thug. But you treat the citizens who you're hired to protect and serve like thugs. Respect is earned, my G. Police departments are non-respectable organizations with poorly trained employees who are proven to be unable to use basic logic, basic reason, and basic people skills. This is a fact. This is not Denzel's opinion. This is not just some shit I'm making up to sound cool on a podcast. This is real shit. And the like is is it really like boils my blood that he can come out and he's empowered to speak so strongly like the police officers are angels that they're saints and that they're upstanding citizens they're quick-tempered uh illogical poor public servants who not only abuse the law but know how to use the law in to cover their tracks I got just read to you and those three instances that happened last week, the police reports accounts were completely different. If, uh, if the nasty grim video does not come out of George Floyd's killing, we would have had to go by what the police filed in their report that no one pressed their knees into this man's neck as he laid there telling you he could not breathe. But you want respect. You want respect. <sighs> it's it is. I, and I want to conclude like you see how uncomfortable it is. Again, you can only gain empathy for something when you experience it. That's like a fact. I will never know what it means to be pregnant right because i'm not a woman so i can never sit here and act like i understand what that's like so the fact that you can experience what it's like to be a non-white person in this country i like that you're uncomfortable with it. i like that you're upset about it because that's how we've been feeling for years upon years upon years upon years upon years i want to read you something um that I, I found just going through the information rabbit hole. This is about an incident in San Antonio, Texas. About her encounter with the police officer. You tell me that this police officer is not an animal or a thug. You tell me. The city of San Antonio will vote this week on a proposed settlement that would award a woman $205,000 after she accused a police officer of inappropriately searching her and pulling out her tampon in public. 
According to the lawsuit, the police officer conducted a vaginal cavity search in public. While searching Nicole Sims, the police officer instructed her to lean back a little bit before asking her, do you have anything down here before I reach in here? When Nicole Sims realized what the what the officer was doing, the following conversation took place. You're going to reach into my. I'm not going to reach. I'm just going to look and you keep flinching and everything. Yeah, because I'm on my cycle. Five male officers were present when the lawsuit alleges that the officer pulled open Miss Sims pants and underwear, used a flashlight to look around the area and then reached into her pants to pull the string attached to a tampon, which was present in her vaginal cavity. The officer proceeded to hold up the tampon in view of male officers at the scene for approximately 23 seconds. You tell me. Tell me. Tell me that y'all are respectable, respectable people, that you guys do your job the way it's supposed to be done. That you could literally assault someone like that in public. But you want respect. You want people to to respect you. You want people to not vilify you. But this is what your organizations do. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. That that's all I can say. That that's all I can say. Respect is earned, my G. And make it make sense. You tell me. I challenge you to tell that woman who was humiliated and defiled in public, Mike O'Meara, I challenge you to tell her, hey, we need some respect here. Was it respectable when NYPD officers ran over protesters with their cars? Was it respectable when they pushed the guy to the 75 year old man, I believe his name is Martin Gugino, to the ground and just casually walked by? When he was bleeding from his head, you want respect. But you but you want respect. Respect is earned, not given. Not because you got a bullshit ass badge and not because your skin is white. So I want to play you something just to lighten the mood a little because that is a heavy opening topic this is from chris rock a fantastic comedian in my opinion who basically sums up how police always try to use the excuse that there's just a few bad apples and how a police organization cannot afford to have bad apples this is chris rock from his netflix stand-up special called tambourine but here's the thing man whenever the cops gun down an innocent black man. They always say the same things, man. They always say the same thing. It's like, well, it's not most cops. It's just a few bad apples. It's just a few bad apples. Bad apple. That's a lovely name for murderer. It's like, how'd they get that one? Bad apple. That almost sounds nice. I mean, I've had a bad apple. 
it was tart. <laughs> but it didn't choke me out. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know it's hard being a cop. I know it's hard. I know that shit's dangerous. I know it is, okay? But some jobs can't have bad apples, okay? Some jobs, everybody got to be good. Like pilots. You know? American Airlines can't be like, you know, most of our pilots like to land. We just got a few bad apples that like to crash in the mountains. Please bear with us. So, Mike O'Meara, my message to you is one, shut the fuck up. Two, respect is earned. And three, you finally get to see what being black in America is like. When the eyes of the public are completely against you. You finally get to see it. And I'm glad that you're uncomfortable. I'm glad that you're upset. And I'm glad that you're feeling... Uh, attacked because that is what it's like to be us but moving right along in new york still i want to give a round of applause i want to give flowers and i want to give the utmost respect to our governor in new york andrew cuomo he um signed into law new legislature um to really hold police officers hold this corrupt system accountable um it is called the say their name agenda and basically in the most layman of terms it is to allow for transparency for prior disciplinary records of law enforcement officers by reforming 50a of the civil rights law it bans chokeholds by law enforcement by law enforcement officers and it prohibits false race-based 911 reports, making them a crime. It also designates the attorney general as an independent prosecutor for matters relating to the deaths of unarmed civilians caused by law enforcement. Shout out to Andrew Cuomo. This man is a white person who understands what the fuck is happening. He's been awesome during this coronavirus time. He's been very logical. He's been very calculated. He's been very articulate. And he's not playing. He's not playing. He's tired of the same old two-step. He's tired of people getting killed and nothing happens. He's tired of police being extremely uh, brutal to the citizens and nothing happening. And he's making changes. This is great. So I want to play you a clip. This is from his press conference when he announced the agenda, just so you can hear it in his words, and um, what these, what the plan is with this reform. This is Governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo. Enough is enough. Change the law. Take the moment. Reform. There are four cornerstones for our say their name reform agenda. One, transparency of prior disciplinary records of a police officer. Uh, if they're being charged and investigated for abuse, their prior disciplinary record is relevant. And by the way, it's relevant one way or the other. If there were no other disciplinary proceedings, that can exonerate the person who is charged. If there are prior disciplinary 
uh, proceedings for this type of behavior, then yes, it is evidentiary. But people should know. Uh, Chokeholds, we went through this with Eric Garner. Uh, again, you saw it with Mr. Floyd's death, but we learned it first with Eric Garner and many, many other cases, by the way. Why? Uh, we've seen 9-11 calls, which are race-based false calls. A false 9-11 call based on race should be uh, classified as a hate crime in the state of New York. Uh, we know that it's wrong for the local district attorney to investigate the police force from that county. By executive order, I did the attorney general as an independent prosecutor. That should be codified in law. I did it five years ago. But these are the cornerstones of a real reform agenda that can address what is going on on the, on the street. Uh, Reform works for everyone's interest here. Shout out to Governor Cuomo, man. He really knocked that out of the park. He And it's not because he's doing it on the grounds of trying to get into people's good graces. He's doing it because it's right. He's doing it because it's right. Calling police falsely on black people is a hate crime. It is. Police officers' records should be available to the public. There's no way that I literally last week don't find out that Derek Chauvin, the man who killed George Floyd, had 18 prior offenses that were only handled with oral reprimands. There's no way that I should just find that out last week. His record should be public domain. He's a public servant. He's paid by taxpayer money. How are we protecting these people like they're independent contractors when we literally pay their salaries? I don't understand. So, again, I want to give another round of applause to Governor Cuomo. Shout out to you. You're really doing the damn thing. <laughs> Shout out to our guy in New York holding it down, showing that New York is one of the greatest places on earth. So, moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. That is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D for Instagram. And Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And um, I want to reiterate that i'm so thankful and um happy that people engage with me on the social media platforms people send in the questions because i ask them weekly for the questions you guys send it in you guys engage you guys have feedback you guys have constructive criticism i appreciate all of the love and the support that i have received so i want to answer some of the questions that i have received the first one says what restaurant would you recommend outside of the normal chain places? And that's good. That's a good question. Because, you know, you don't want to go to fucking Applebee's and Chili's and all that shit all the time. So um, a great place that I discovered uh, last year, 2019, was called Urban Vegan Kitchen. It is on 40. The address is 41 Carmine Street in New York, and it is a 100 percent all vegan restaurant no animal products used whatsoever 
Um, and I've been there twice and both times the food was excellent. Excellent. And they literally have food designed to with these products. I don't even know what it's used. Um, and it tastes just like animal product food. I had buffalo wings there. They made it with seitan. I don't even know what the fuck that is. It tasted just like buffalo wild wings. I had a po' boy there, which is usually made with shrimp or with um, oysters or other seafood. Made with, I don't even know what they made it with. It tasted just like it. I had, the next time I went there, I had chicken and waffles. It tasted just like chicken and waffles. So if you guys are looking to like, you know, break, try something different, break the chain. I recommend Urban Vegan Kitchen. Shit is is dope. And it's just something different. And you're going to, if you do go, you're going to be surprised about how good that food is. And you're going to be like, God damn, this is vegan food. You're going to, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe how good it is try it out i i suggest it and if you do go tell your friends just don't forget where you heard it bronx bias podcast you heard it here the next one says what is something that you like to do the old-fashioned way um the old-fashioned way i would think i would say i like to write the old-fashioned way like literally a pen and a notebook like so when i write my shows or when i have ideas i don't type them i don't do any of that. I literally write them. I write everything. I just like it. It feels more natural. It feels it just feel I'm more comfortable doing that. So the pen has to hit the pad. I have to scribble shit out. I have to draw arrows. You should see my notebooks. They look crazy. The things that I write down and cross out and rewrite over and X out and edit and all that shit. But it's, it's a more natural thing for me. I, I would say that I probably I'm going to be really slow to adapting to like writing my stuff via computer. So definitely writing. I love to do that the old fashioned way. And the last one says, what do you regret not doing or starting when you were younger? Um, Easily, I'm going to say the gym. I'm going to say the gym. When I graduated high school, 17, um, after that, I had not stepped foot inside of a gym until I was 25. So you do the math. And I had gained so much weight. Of course, you heard the story before my previous episodes. I gained all that fucking weight. I was not in the gym at all. No, not paying attention to my physical fitness whatsoever. And not even, not even trying to pay attention to my physical fitness. So... When I finally decided to get into the gym, I'm 25 years old. It's 2019, the January 2019. It was part of my New Year's resolutions. And um, I signed up with Blink Fitness. Um, and Blink Fitness has a, a promotion. When you sign up for a new membership, they give you a complimentary training session um, with a personal trainer. And so I said, great, awesome. So when, the, when I came, it was time for me to meet the guy. I said, listen, man, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I haven't stepped foot in a gym since I was 18 years old or 17 years old. I'm 25 and I know that I got to get my ass into shape. 
So I'm willing to listen to whatever you say, but I just need some tips, some, you know, I just need you to show me some things that I can do to just to get me into the swing of things and promote weight loss. And he said, okay. He looked at me, he had a smile on his face. He liked my honesty, I guess. Because, you know, people go in there with their ego, like, nah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll be in the gym already, but, you know, I had to, you know, get my, you know. I was 100% honest, like, look, bro, I'm 100% out of shape. I just need some basic things, some tricks of the trade just to start my weight loss journey. And he was cool. So he showed me some things. He said, All right, I will. He, we got he, we had a 40 minute it was complimentary. It was a 40 minute session. He said, now I'm going to work you out in this 40 minutes. But these things I'm teaching you are easy to replicate and you're going to see results with it. So we go through the 40 minute joint. I'm in so much pain afterwards i am so i'm hurting so much i'm so tired after the session was over i shook his hand i literally went to the bathroom i went into the bathroom stall and i cried for like five minutes i'm not lying i'm not lying and i can laugh at it now (laughs) i can laugh about it now but literally like i was in so much pain i was so fucked up from that shit i had to let a good cry out and I'm, i don't care what you know who whatever judges or whatever but when you keep going and you keep going you keep getting into the swing of things and you change your diet and all those things now i'm in the gym i go to the gym now like it's nothing i mean the gym has been closed obviously during the coronavirus time and i'm and i'm at the point where i miss the gym like i can't wait till the gym is back open so um definitely definitely guys your physical fitness is important 100% important keep keep tabs on it do what you can to stay in shape um especially now in your youth when your joints and your muscles heal very quickly and you know you have a high rate of recovery as opposed to when you get a little older and it's a little more difficult to do so i wish that i was uh heavily involved into the gym um for much faster than when i did <laughs> Um, so I hope that answers your question in a very long way. And thank you again, guys, for the questions. I really, really, truly appreciate the questions. I appreciate the feedback. I appreciate the love. I appreciate the support. I appreciate all of it. I truly, truly do that you guys listen. You give this guy from the Bronx with a microphone a few minutes of your day. I truly, truly appreciate it. And I encourage more engagement. I encourage more interaction. I'm open to constructive criticism, anything. I am so happy that you guys listen and that you guys are involved. So thank you again to you guys out there. Next, I want to speak about another way that we can use our voices in a very um, actionable way um, to affect change. Um, and is by and it is by voting. So I want to read a, a small excerpt from the New York Times because you know that's my shit. I'm about the difficulties it can be in terms of just getting out to vote. Um, so I'm, here we go. Greg Bluestein, a politics reporter at the Atlanta Journal Constitution, called primary elections in Georgia. Nothing like we've ever experienced. In several counties around Atlanta, voting machines malfunctioned and a thin staffing because of coronavirus left fewer poll workers to deal. 
As a result, many Georgia residents had to choose between enduring hours in line or losing their right to vote. Georgia's problems were worse than usual, partly because of recently bought voting machines, but also part of much of a larger issue. In no other affluent county do citizens regularly have a hard time voting as they do in the United States. Most of our elections are held on workdays, and the shortage of election equipment and workers often force people to wait in long lines. But the waits tend to be longest for African Americans. One study of the 2016 election using smartphone location data found that voters in black neighborhoods waited 29 percent or longer than average on average than voters in white neighborhoods um guys i want to encourage everyone to get as much information as possible in terms of voting i know in each state the dates are different i know that in each county voting is different I want to stress, please get informed, get source your information from reputable news sites or from your your state or your gov- your county's official website. So, for example, in New York, I would use New York.gov. I would imagine in other states it's similar to that um, in New York City. The website called Vote NYC is available. Um, Due to the coronavirus time, it is encouraged that you use absentee ballots. An absentee ballot is literally a ballot that you mail in with your decisions on who you would like to represent your public offices. Um, And it is used usually as a measure for people who are out of town due to, um, you know, travel or whatever, or, you know, they work out of town or and they're registered in one place, but they're in another city maybe like entertainers or politicians even. Um, and it's also used for people who have illnesses, uh, such as if you're in a hospital for an extended period of time, so you literally cannot physically vote, you would get an absentee ballot. So that way, you know, you can continue to get your hospital care. So now during the coronavirus time, it is encouraged that people use absentee ballots because of the coronavirus. Um, Vote.nyc.com states election day for New York City is June 23rd for state and federal primaries. The early voting period is June 13th, 2020 to June 21st, 2020. Very important information. You can vote even if you cannot get to the polling place on election day under the governor's executive orders. To help prevent the community spread of COVID-19, all registered eligible voters may apply to vote by absentee ballot for the June 23rd, 2020 elections. Voters affected by COVID-19, including the risk of contracting the virus, should check the box temporary illness as the reason for requesting an absentee ballot. On the website, vote.nyc. You have online applications where you can apply for the absentee ballot. 
There is an email that you can send an application to. There's a fax number that you can fax your application to. You can send an absentee ballot through the mail. You can call the number 1-866-VOTENYC, 1-866-868-3692. All of these resources are available to you guys in New York. Again, I, I'm sorry, I don't know about how other states are doing it. I'm a New York resident. I would love to just give the whole spill on it. I don't know how other states are doing it, but here in New York, that is how you can do it. Primary elections are again on June the 23rd of 2020. So 10 days from now, I'm recording this on June the 13th, 2020. So 10 days from now, the early voting period is today, June the 13th, the day I'm recording this to June the 21st, 2020, please go to vote.nyc for New York residents to apply for an absentee ballot so you can vote for your state and federal primary elections. You could probably also use this measure for the presidential election that's coming just so there can be no, no reason to be turned away from your local polling site due to overcrowding, due to poor machines, due to long lines, due to you have to work so you don't even know when you can get to a polling place, please use this measure. It is very, very important. Very, 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 very important. Please, guys, use these resources. Um, voting is something that people, I guess, have a stigma toward or they somehow, some way believe that their vote doesn't count. Please, your forefathers um, in the civil rights movement, um, in the history of civil rights, fought for this for us so we can use our voices in an actionable way to put people in positions to help our communities. It is so important that we vote. It is so important that we vote. You can use your voice on social media, and that's amazing. You can use your voice on a platform like this, a podcast or videos um, that you have. But the one of the best ways to use your voice is by voting. Please, everyone out there, if you get the information that you need to be able to vote in your state, in your county, because it is truly, truly important and one of the most important ways to affect change in our communities. Once again, the site is vote.nyc for New York City. In New York State, I believe you can go to newyork.gov and there is a redirect link to your county in question. Um, so that is just very important. It's very, 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 very important, guys. Use your voice by voting. It is very, 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 very important. Last on the docket, um, I want to speak on briefly um, Louisville, Kentucky, a new law called the Breonna Taylor law will ban no knock warrants in the state of Louisville, Kentucky. I hope that it is adopted around the country where that is not already in place. 
Um, the Louisville Metro Council voted unanimously to ban no-knock search warrants after police shot Miss Brianna Taylor dead in her home in March. Mayor Greg Fisher of Louisville, Kentucky, said that he would sign Brianna's law after the city council members voted Thursday evening to ban no-knock warrants, a controversial procedure that the city's police force used during the fatal shooting of Brianna Taylor in March. Um, in addition to barring the execution of warrants without knocking, the measure also sets new guidelines for other types of search warrants, according to a statement from the council. It requires that police officers have their body cameras on while conducting a search and sets minimum time periods before and after the operation that the cameras must remain active. A few weeks ago, the community began to cry out for justice and change, said Councilwoman Barbara Saxton Smith, a primary sponsor of this ordinance. And after the vote, you spoke, we listened, and tonight we took action. So salute to Louisville, Kentucky. It was much, much overdue for a measure like that where it is so dangerous, something as small as an address being wrong by one number. Like we could go to, we want to go to one, two, three main street and somebody could literally just type in one, two, two main street and someone's life could end, you know, something that small could affect life. So Louisville, Kentucky, I appreciate the new law put into place, but um, I also want to mention arrest the cops who killed Brianna Taylor. I want that to be known that I feel that way. Those policemen who no knock warranted into Brianna Taylor's home and shot her dead as she lied in bed need to be arrested and need to be held accountable. That can't be lost. That not that cannot be lost. Those people need to be held accountable for their actions. No bullshit badge can protect you. We changing shit around here. We changing shit. So they need to be held accountable. They need to be held to the utmost standard of the law, just like any other citizen. Just like any other citizen, they are not special by any means because they have a badge. If you break the law, you need to be prosecuted as such, as a lawbreaker. I don't care for what organizations you represent. So shout out to Louisville, Kentucky for adopting that into law. Rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace to Breonna Taylor. And arrest the cops who took Breonna Taylor's life from her. And that is that on that. And that will wrap it up. Episode number 19 of the Bronx Buyers Podcast is in the books. I'm your host. Once again, my name is Denzel. Thank you to all the essential workers. Thank you to all of the love and the support from people who are listening to the show and supporting me in this early stage of the show. And thank you to all the people out there who are continuously using their voices to affect change. Our voices are powerful. It is a new time. We are sick of the bullshit that has been allowed to run rampant in our communities, and we are speaking about it. We are speaking about it, and I am so happy and proud to be a part of it, and I'm so proud of everyone out there who 
hitting the streets, protesting, who are using their social medias to let their voices be 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 maybe not heard. I'm not sure, you know, who reads our Twitters and who reads our Instagrams, but at least let our positions be known. And lastly, guys, get informed on how to vote in your state, in your counties. I don't again, I don't know how other states do their voting business. I just know how New York City does it. But again, information is readily available to you. Please get informed. Please get information. Please please spread that information because it is important that we vote. It is so important that we vote. And I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to fade you out with a great, great, great song from my man Lupe Fiasco. It is called I'm Beaming off the album Lasers. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast episode number 19. We out.
it's the last one It's almost curfew It's almost not out So turn your lights on Where all my 760s With your brides on Yeah, they are the ones To keep your eyes on Like how we used to do To keep the house warm Now those the type of eyes I not cry from You see the tears of fire Run out my crying songs Now the world's shoulders It's what I'm crying on The world's fast lane It's what I'm driving on What am I driving at? trying to drive at home, I'm in the driver's seat, but you can ride alone, it's never Cyclops, it's never I alone, I'm telling your story, wherever I perform, now if they're looking for me, you tell them I'm gone, out in the bright lights, right where I belong.